You're listening to Cross the Line 1524, the common man's podcast. But I came here for just one drink. It's Cross the Line 1524. Join us at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy with a glass of bourbon, table 12, as the guys sit around and discuss distilleries, common day events, or whatever comes to the bar top. That's right. Cross the line, 1524. All right, welcome to Cross the Line, 1524. I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. We're the 15 side. I almost forgot that. <laughs> Jeff Montag. Mike Gardner. Scotty Bourbon. And more of the 24 side. How's it going, guys? Good. It's good. going. Very good. We got Scotty Bourbon in the house. Been a while, Scotty. It is. It has. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to readjust everything. Scotty's sitting in the bar stool that's usually Reuben, so I'm usually looking down, and I got to look up, and I got to change my mic stand here because I can't see him. <laughs> so, Scotty, you've been uh, gone so long that uh, we we have some new shirts, and here's Uh-oh. one for you. <laughs> Oh, what, what there we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've heard enough podcasts. You know what's going to say. Scotty Bourbon. There you go. The Common Man's Podcast T-shirt. Cross the line. Thank you. Right. So we've got right. a uh, we got a full house here. Table twelve. Well, I was going to say table twelve, no, but they just vacated. Ben's the only one at table twelve. <laughs> they vacated for cheesecake. Oh, cheese- oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cheesecake. Cheesecake and wine. I think. Hey, so we've got a tasting going on here at the bar top, something a little different. So <laughs> Scotty Bourbon messaged me. We he, finally got some pappy. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. me, We're testing pappy. Let me tell the whole story. So Scotty messaged me and sends me a picture. And it's outside of a place called Pappy and Company in Louisville. He goes, and I'm looking at him. I was like, ah, oh, cool, cool. Then he texts, bad news, no pappies. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's their merchandise place where they do all the merchandise. It's really cool, though. It's, it's still a good place. That's cool. But we're tasting Pappy's tonight. It's Pappy's 23-year-old bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. There you go. So let's give her a yeah, try. What, what proof is this before we taste it? It's less than 0.2%. Less than 0.2%. And I have Jeff. Boy, look at the legs on this thing. <laughs> you can definitely taste the bourbon. Obviously, I'm a... Uh, wow, that's, actually, it's less that than two percent. So that that's good. Wow, yeah. that's some. That's pretty. You need to bring that to old man breakfast tomorrow. Right <laughs> it's dark. Yeah, you bring that, and I'm getting pancakes. Tomorrow. You dang straight. <laughs> wow. All right. So it, at the same time, it is a birthday here in the house. Yeah. So it's Dodie's birthday. She's uh, twenty five. Oh, twenty five. She's been married over thirty years, but she's only twenty five. Only twenty five. So, besides the pure maple syrup, what do you guys got in your glasses tonight? I'm got a, I'm on blackened. And why are you on blackened? Because I forgot to bring more ten high. So, so it goes from a eight ninety nine bottle to forty nine to a forty nine dollar bottle. <laughs> but but I for, I forgot how good blackened was. I haven't had it in so long. So well, the difference is you're on the rocks instead of a mixer. And it's, yeah, it's very it's very good. Good deal. Jeff, what you got? Well, I'm drinking some bourbon. I didn't, I didn't have to get Scotty to get that last bottle on the far end of the bar there. It's a, it was a it was a bottle I won in the basket raffle or something. And it's not bad bourbon, but um, I it's 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 a good mixer. It's a good mixer of bourbon, so I'm having that and seven up. 
Scotty's, Scotty's trying to get over He's there. Struggling. We know no, the not, other end. Not other that end. one. Other oh, side. Yeah. We need video. Watch That's it. Scotty trying to get the <laughs> what is that stuff? Yep, Douglas, Douglas and, and Douglas Todd. and Todd. So that was in a that was in a basket raffle that uh, Robin and I won. Nice. So it's 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 a it's a good bourbon. It's not something I drink straight, but it's a really good mixer bourbon. Good deal. Go. I don't know anything about it, but made in Minnesota. So distilled in Minnesota. Uh, it says Minnesota counties. So somewhere in Minnesota. Somewhere in Minnesota. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, Mike, I've never heard of it. Mike, what you drinking? I'm actually drinking Evan Williams Black. Scotty Evan, Bourbon? Evan Williams and Coke. Evan and Coke, and I've got some Mictors. I haven't had Mictors for a while, so I thought I'd get a little Mictors in the bottle and put it on on the rocks and doing pretty good. So, so Scotty, what have you been up to? Uh, just a lot of work. <laughs> I've been traveling uh, Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio. Uh, like I end up in Louisville the other day. How many states do you care, cover? Uh, just those general states. Those okay. three. And, well, and Utah. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a big gap between Kentucky, yeah. Indiana, and Utah. Utah. That's right. That's right. I'm, I'm a service technician, and um, we work on. I work on uh, paper packing equipment, and there's nobody out that area, and so whoever has to go to that area has to fly in. And my boss asked if. I wanted to do it, and I'm sure I'll, I'll take that area. So uh, I'm going there next week, actually, for three days. Uh, or flying out Tuesday and coming back Thursday. There you go. So, yeah, not not a bad gig. Salt Lake City. Yeah, Salt Lake yeah. City. So our listeners know what you do for a living. Yep, uh, uh, service paper packing equipment. Uh, we're a paper company that we uh, you get that shipping paper that's brown craft paper. Yeah, uh, that's uh, mostly it's our paper, Rampack paper. But uh, I work on machines that feed that out. If you get brown paper from Amazon, it came from us. So, so it's your fault. All that paper I gotta get rid of. Yeah, at least it's not plastic. <laughs> good deal, good deal. So, has everybody had a good week? It's been a week. You yeah, guys, you guys know my have, week. We're gonna have some fun here in a little bit. Oh yeah. So I'm trying to think. Um, what we're going to talk about first here. So uh, one thing I'm going to talk about, I want to clarify something. So last week, uh, actually it'll be two, um, we got a podcast coming out already that's recorded. Several weeks ago, we talked about Wilderness Trail. And then I had heard that part of the uh, value of the sale price was the barrels that they were uh, doing for other companies. You know, So that, just like MGP, they do sourcing. Um, I got that from the Bourbon Pursuit podcast. They're normally the go-to folks on bourbon. Well, Shane Baker messaged Bourbon Pursuit. That's Patrick Heist's partner. To <laughs> clarify a few things. Uh, so their sourcing uh, program ends this year. Done. Brilliant. The value, oh, wow. the value of the Wilderness Trail deal with Campari uh, is based solely on... Uh, the future market of Wilderness Trail okay. and the value of marketing it going farther. Okay. Uh, Shane oh, and wow. Pat are not leaving what they're doing. They're still the main folks. Uh, they just have a parent company. 
Um, and they said, you know, they had went as far as they could go distribution-wise. Right. To go f- right. bigger, they needed somebody else to help them. You need right. a capital. Need right. a I mean, capital. it's kind of like yeah. Stephen Beam with, you know, Limestone Branch. Exactly. You, right. There's only so much you can do on your own. You need that that big wallet somewhere that can send you around Sort of like the world. this podcast. If iHeartRadio would pick us up, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could go yeah. a lot of places. Yeah. We could go places. <laughs> Maybe um, next week. Maybe next maybe. week. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to clarify that um, if you're into bourbons, uh, the Bourbon Pursuit podcast is a very good podcast. They they do a lot of in depth stuff. Um, we we just drink. A we lot. just drink and uh, know a little bit. So, um, so I think I want to talk about because I want to go chronologically here. So. This is Veterans Day weekend. Actually, today is Veterans Day. So shout out to all our veterans out there. Uh, We have a lot of family that are veterans, of course, and uh, shout out to all of them. So yesterday was November 10th. So that's the anniversary of um, a lot of people younger than us won't know, um, but it's the anniversary of the, the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald. But they've all probably heard the song. Well, you know, I don't know. All, you, I've some been, people may not have. Well, that's true. A, I mean, there probably is a... Yeah, it's a pretty... Uh, it starts out like that. It's a good yeah. one. It's a good song, yeah. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned to Dodie tonight while we were talking about it. She goes, what's that? I said, oh, honey, you know you've heard the song. So I pulled it up on my phone, too. And she's like, oh, God, yeah, it's a great song. And I'm like, but it's a sad song. The legend right. lives on Absolutely. from the Chippewa on down. That's probably about all I can play before we get in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) So that song is by Gordon Lightfoot, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more here. But I know some people did homework besides me, so I'm going to let somebody else talk about it. Well, I mean, I I didn't get to do as much as I wanted to because we were so busy, but... um, There was a a, one of the captains or a captain they interviewed um, that had passed away, um, a Captain Cooper of the SS Arthur M. Anderson. Um, His thoughts were that the Edmund Fitzgerald was taking on water long before it sailed into the storm. So they think there was like a, a, a hull breach from running aground somewhere or something else that happened to it that let it start taking on water long before okay so the producer's going to interject we got to tell our listeners who don't know about the edmunds fitzgerald what oh it was so well the edmund fitzgerald was uh oh gosh where's my history on that the, well, i'll let you go back to you so the, edmunds, the largest ship yeah, so that. It was a freighter the largest yeah. ship on north americans north america's great lakes yes um it was launched in June seventh, nineteen fifty-eight, um, and it sunk uh, during a storm, November tenth, nineteen seventy-five. The incru- entire crew of twenty-nine perished, um, and it was discovered in deep water in nineteen seventy-five. Uh, at least several large pieces. So, for seventeen years, it was the carried nothing but taconite iron ore from the mines near Duluth, Minnesota to iron workers in Detroit, Michigan, Toledo, Ohio, and other great lakes. So it was on the water every day for many days. Right. Yeah. Yeah, a very large ship, you know, carrying carrying the ore. I mean, but that was, you know, the Rust Belt, you know, they talk about the Rust Belt with all or the uh, with all the steel mills and stuff. That was what fed those mills was that ship going back and forth nonstop, bringing the 
the raw goods there for them to to produce the steel. That, yeah, still to this day, the largest ship to sink in the Great the, Lakes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was uh, actually one foot shorter than the uh, locks at Sault Ste. Yeah. Marie. It, they, they build it to one foot shorter, so just get to get in the lock. Just so yeah. that's huge. That's not letting a lot of room for air. No, no. <laughs> not really. I know. I was thinking that. You know, that's six inches up front, and six inches in back. That's yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Who, who's the guy up front going? Come on back. Come on right, back. Right. Come on back. <laughs> I've been up there uh, to the to the locks up there and to watch the barges go through there is really cool. But I actually saw the bell uh, that they recovered from that. Uh, I'm not sure when they did that uh, in the 90s, I think. Yeah. Um, but there's a museum up there that has that bell, and it, it's really cool. It uh, they recovered that, but they when they did that, they made a replica of it with all the people that perished, the 29 people that were on board. Right. They put their names on the bell, and they put that in its place. They they dropped that down where the we're at rest. No, oh, wow, that's cool. Oh, okay. So when it sank, uh, there had hur- hurricane force gale winds and waves at over 3,500 feet, or 35 feet, not 3,500. Uh, and it sank in Canadian waters at a depth of 530 feet. Yeah, you think about, I mean, they're on a lake, so you're not on the ocean. And think about a 35-foot wave on a lake. Right. Yeah. You know, we were just Amazing. near Erie on a, an adventure. Um, and there was a storm coming in then, and there was probably, you know, one-foot waves, two-foot. I mean, it looked really rough then, but I couldn't imagine 35-foot waves on a lake. That's just yep. beyond. I'm not sure we could, any of us could actually imagine 35-foot waves on, on a boat, on period, the right. on the ocean. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, that's some big waves. I will get my my one story. When we went to Hawaii a long time ago, my son and I went deep-sea fishing, and this guy, the, the captain says, you know, if the weather's right, we're going to go for a world record. Because my son was young enough at the time, the owner of the boat's son just set a world record for some fish. I don't remember what it was. But based he's like, oh. A- based on his age? or Based on his age. And uh, he wanted to go into this honey hole to catch this fish. Well, on the way back out, he said, if the weather's good, we can get in there. Well, about midway through the day, he's like, uh, we need to get going. So we button everything up and we start heading back. I felt like I was on Gilligan's Island. We were on a 40... I mean, it was a 40-foot boat. I mean, it was a big boat, but there was times where you would see nothing but water, and then you'd be on the top seeing nothing but boats, and then you'd disappear down into this hole. So I don't know what big them swales were, but I was very nervous. Um, Justin, my boy, he fell asleep. He didn't care, didn't know any better. <laughs> but I don't know if that, those were probably at least 15, 20 the days when you The days when you're too stupid to know, you know yeah. how dangerous things yeah. are. Right? <laughs> but, you yeah. Just, I, he just okay. I guess that's the closest, the ride. closest I want to come to thirty-five foot wave. We were just in swells, I guess they call them. Maybe not waves. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine, quite honestly. Right. So, what else you want to tell us, Dwayne? Come on. <coughs> oh, you want to tell me? Well, you talk yeah. about the waves. Um, I mean, there's just so many. Well, so many people trying to figure out what what went wrong, and and nobody really knows for sure. Um, you know, the treacherous conditions. You know, the weather. Um, there were so many questions too uh as you know why i mean i guess it's the morbid part of why they've never been able to recover any of the bodies of shipwreck there and basically what i understood of is was the temperatures of the water keeps keeps it from happening keeps the bacteria away that decomposes right to let and it's too cold down at uh, 530 at those depths, feet. yeah that's a ways down 
It is. And, and to think that they maybe had hit ground somewhere and then they sink in 530 yeah that's there, there's that, all these different theories none of them are proven uh one of them is that it could have hit ground someplace maybe yeah uh other one like wayne said is that the, it had been taking water for a while there was actually another ship with it there was two ships going in the same anderson. passage the anderson um but it was so i mean the weather was so bad they couldn't see what was going on well, one of the, I mean, one of the reports or one of the articles or parts of it I was reading was there's been over 10,000 people have been lost in that body of water. You know, two, two storms, sudden storms popping up, you know, because they said it could just happen. You know, anytime you're on water, I mean, even we're near Brookfield Lake, which is nothing compared to it. But you can be on the lake and one minute it's sunny and the next minute there's a storm rolling oh, yeah. in and, and it hits the water, you know, that much heavier. Um, but people, there's also talking about diving on it i guess they've protected it now so you can't go dive to the shipwreck anymore um the ontario heritage act allowed the government to charge heavy fines for anyone trying to dive down there so i guess people were probably going down or trying to go down to look for souvenirs Souvenirs, artifacts or whatever but it's just sad you know to think of you know i couldn't imagine being on that boat guys have been doing this they've been probably doing this trip back and forth Oh, so many times, nothing. You know, probably had storms close to that before. Never think nothing of it. Then, you know, that that one is your last one. Yeah. So there's all kind of uh, hypotheses. One's a uh, rogue wave. Anybody's ever seen pictures of rogue waves on ships? That is pretty wild. Uh, if if you haven't, go to YouTube and type uh, "cruise ship rogue waves," and you'll see a ship just cruising along. All of a sudden, a wave will come. It'll come right over top the bow, uh, almost turn the ship over. So that's one of the hypotheses. Uh, the other one is that the cargo hold was flooding, uh, which is, I mean, a lot of people believe that one. If there was a leak in a cargo hold and it had been flooding, uh, shoaling, um, you know, that, that was one of the things that ran aground on shoals. Um, there's also another hypothesis that there was a catastrophic structural failure, failure on a boat. Um, and then there, there was some uh, topside uh, damages as well, which was allowing water to get in the boat. Right. So there's right. there's tons of theories. Um, quite honestly, at this point in time, I don't think anybody will ever know. No. And but it, the odd thing is there was no distress calls ever. That is correct. So if they if they hit a shoal, you think they would have called in for that? So yeah, nothing. They heard nothing. And yeah. The Anderson. Yeah, and I guess, the Anderson was there, and you, I thought the Anderson would have said, hey, you're sitting really low in the water. Yeah. So, normally, we're sitting 15 feet out of the water, so you imagine a 35-foot wave coming over, you know, 20 feet over your right, right over your bow. Over what, yeah, that, and they think probably the, you know, it took on a whole lot of water then. Sure. And then maybe that, I mean, maybe that leads more to the theory of the rogue wave, that there was no time to call for help. You know, it was such a sudden thing, and at that point, it was more of trying to keep yourself afloat rather than radioing for help. It was trying to figure out what to do, or, or was you know was somebody injured? Was it was it just a catastrophic failure at that point when the wave hit? Did it just take it down? You know, there there wasn't time to. The Anderson said there was uh, three waves in a row. They called them the the three sisters. They they didn't have any time to recover. They, they were so close together right. at least the anderson did so that maybe they went through that first yeah. and took on three times 
right in a row right big rogue waves yeah just didn't give you time to react or to call for help so so we played a little bit of gordon lightfoot's song the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald uh people may think that the wreck is what inspired gordon lightfoot to write that song but guess what it wasn't tell us what it was a Newsweek magazine printing an article about the wreck two weeks later, and they misspelled Edmund and Edmunds Fitzgerald. And so he took that personally and wrote the song. Oh, wow. So there you go. That's what got the song started. But um, So there's a, our take on the wreck of the Edmunds Fitzgerald. History that, you know, one day people won't remember. But. No. I mean, that was a big song for us growing up. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Still is. I mean, every time you hear it, you still I stop, you stop to listen. And I really listen to the words of it because, I mean, it tells the story of, of that crew and their, you know, their final day. Their, their plight, unfortunately. Yeah. So. Well, good deal. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Dwayne's trip to <clears> – where'd you go, Dwayne? Went to New York. New York City. <laughs> Not New York City, just New York. Um, I, I'm going to reserve my take on New York till you tell it. We'll be right back. We crossed the line, 1524. We're here with Dwayne Bischoff from Hoosier Power Sports. Dwayne, what time of year is it at Hoosier Power Sports? Well, it's Christmas time, Alan, and we are loaded up with Christmas presents for the kids. You know, Santa Claus always tries to bring those gifts for the kids, and he just has a hard time getting them from the North Pole. So we try to help them out. We try to help the parents out. We keep a big selection in stock. Um, We do free layaway until Christmas. So if just so happens if Santa picks out a nice little ATV, a quad, or dirt bike, we'll keep it for Santa until close to Christmas time. Then they'll pick it up. We'll have it all ready to run. They just show up, pick it up, take it home, and and get it going. Awesome, awesome. Now, you guys also offer financing. Yes, we do financing on, on the UTVs. We are an authorized sales and service center for Hyson, so we have high financing for that. Um, we are also we also are a sales and service center for Taltal, so we, do, we don't do financing on that, but we do take credit cards on that, so we're helpful now as much as we can. If I understand correctly, you are the Tri-State's largest Hyson dealer. We are the Tri-State's largest Hyson and Taltal dealer. Right now, we've got about 30 Hysons in stock and about 60 Tau So we are loaded up, ready for Christmas. If you think you want it, we probably have it. If we don't have it, you don't need it. And you're not going to get it. And you're not going to get it, yeah. There's nobody going to get any more inventory this year anymore. Um, we've got another load coming in a week, so uh, the crews are going to be back, so hopefully those are going to be in before Christmas. So we're loaded up and ready to go. Good deal. Tell everybody where you're located. We're located at 7892 Schumann Road in St. Leon, Indiana. So it's a real easy stop right off I-74. Awesome, awesome. So there's a place to get your kids' Christmas gift and maybe your own Christmas gift. So go check them out. Hoosier Power Sports, located in St. Lynn, Indiana. Hey friends, it's your old buddy Rick Garrett. Each week I have the pleasure of hosting the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast, where we look at the people, places, and events that make Franklin County such an amazing place to work, visit, or live. Join us each week on the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast, available on your favorite podcast provider. Gilman Home Centers with 15 locations and growing, and it's the fall of the year. That's right. You may need some leaf rakes or maybe leaf bags, or maybe it's time to split that pile of wood and you need to rent a log splitter because 
you know what? The winters are coming. Are you a hunter? Gilman Home Centers also offers hunting licenses along with fishing licenses. That's right. Gilman's Home Centers, your one-stop shop for all your home improvement needs. It's time to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana. They've got whatever you need for your fall warm-up drinks. That's right. Whether you're looking for a ready-to-drink cocktail, a mixer for your cocktails, a fine bourbon, a vodka, a rum, a gin, whatever you need, they have. Some of the things they've got there now, of course, you heard our podcast several weeks ago with Wally Dant. Uh, So all the Monk's Road products are there, which is awesome, as well as their new Tennessee whiskey, Rattle and Snap. Go get you some. The official premium cocktail of the Cincinnati Bengals, Canvas. They've got it. It's a ready-to-drink cocktail, uh, raspberry lemonade, cucumber jalapeno, bourbon lemon spice, and bourbon mule. It comes in a variety pack, all four of those flavors. Grab you some, sit down on a Sunday, and watch the Bengals. And back in from Crown Royal, they have their salted caramel Crown Royal whiskey. You know, you need a little crown every now and then. It's time to start prepping for the holidays as well. They got McAfee's Benchmark, old number eight brand, eggnog. That's right, get your eggnog on. And if you're into Smirnoff, they have the Red, White, and Merry Smirnoff Ice Holiday Punch. That's a good way to spike the punch bowl. Batesville Liquor Co. in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor in Brookville, Indiana. Batesville Liquor Co.'s located at 315 Shopping Village in Batesville, Indiana, and Tebby Liquor is on Main Street in Brookville, Indiana. Tell them the Cross the Line 1524 crew sent you. Cheers. Superior, they said, never gives up the dead when the gales of November come early. So, Scotty, you got some more information on uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. Every uh, November 10th, they ring the bell that they recovered from the the, de- the depth of 533 feet. Anyway, they, they ring that bell 29 times every November 10th, and they ring it. I listened to it today on online, but they ring it, and they wait until there's no more sound whatsoever until they ring the next time. And every time you listen to it, it, it gives you goosebumps. I mean, it just... Really? They raised that bell for the families. They wanted some sort of closure. Right. Because uh, they'd never recovered the body, so they wanted to recover something from the ship. Uh, they had a, a a vote on what what to bring up, and they, of course, overwhelmingly decided the bell. But uh, the families uh, really wanted that to happen. I mean, that has to be the hardest thing with any any death is not having that closure to you know to, to bury someone right you know, they had no have, bodies to yeah you just have to, to accept bury. it right. As, right. as is and you know we think of our military you know it's veterans day today is you know how many military families have had to do the same thing right you know killed in action and you know MIA or yeah. whatever yeah yeah so yeah it's horrible one one thing they also did when they recovered the uh, bell they put a beer in the a can of beer in the captain's quarters in the captain's not quarters but the uh i don't know what they call it the uh, yeah we're, yeah we're all sitting here with a blank look <laughs> yeah. on our face 
Well, that's because we got our mouth at the, at the helm. Cheesecake. <laughs> Reading cheesecake. No, I'm not sure why, but there's some. Uh, I have to some lore look that probably. Up. Yeah. But a can of beer. Huh. I want to know who went down 538 feet. I'm a diver. That's a ways down. Yeah, it is. That's pretty amazing. All right. So we're going to lighten things up a bit. Or maybe not if you're Dwayne. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to lighten a whole lot up. So last week, Dwayne told us he was headed out. Uh, the next day, he had to miss old man's breakfast. Oh, there's another thing with syrup in it there. He had to miss old man's breakfast because he was driving to New York to pick up a tractor. To go look at a tractor. Well, his plans was to, yeah, buy, it. to buy a tractor. But not and then have it shipped home. And have it shipped home. Um, now, I'm going to preface this with, you know, there's been times in the past where Dwayne thought he had some good deals and they didn't work out. But this time, we're pretty sure it's going to work out because it's an Amish fellow selling the tractor. So, Dwayne, how'd it go, buddy? Uh, we, I'll, I'll just, well, and it, it may, we made the best of the weekend, but um, the trip was, yes, we got up at 5 in the morning, left as early as we could. We're beelining for New York. Um, Kaya something, something up by uh, south of Rochester. But we get up there, we get close, call the guy, yeah, I'll be here waiting for you. Okay, so we get finally get there and... Uh, I walk. We'll preface this. I, I've been talking to this guy for three months on this. He's been working on it, and and the deal was, I knew it was an older tractor. It needed work. He was fixing everything on it. It wasn't the showpiece, but it was a good, functional, solid piece of machinery. It's all I wanted. I don't need pretty. I need functional. So we've been we've been back and forth on the phone a few times, and he finally calls me after kind of two months. I I forgot. I thought he sold it. If I called, oh hey, I got this thing about done. I'm like, okay, yeah. That. <laughs> now look, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Is it is his name be, Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the accident. 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 So, <laughs> accident. Accident. Anyway, so I'll I'll leave the accident out. But he said yes, I got it done, and I said okay. So he said I got one more part I'm waiting on. So now a few more weeks go by. Finally calls back. Hey, got it all done. Everything's ready to go. I said all right. Here's the deal. Is everything fixed on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I said, there's nothing wrong. No leaks, no nothing. I said, I don't care if it doesn't look pretty, but it needs to be functional. I don't have time to work on it. I need to buy it, ship it home, and start using it. Oh, yeah, you're ready to go. Ready to go. Okay. I said, well, he... Here's that accent again. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's slipping. (laughs) I keep hearing that. I hear it in my ear. So another week or so goes by, and he finally calls me again. Oh, it's all ready to go. You want to send me a check? I said no. I mean, this was eight. This isn't a million dollars. It was eighteen thousand dollars. So no, I'm going to come see it. I, you know, I'm going to drive. I saw pictures of it. The pictures look pretty good. Well, you know? first of all, I got to say, I want to jump in here just to say and let people know, Dwayne is not shy about getting in a car and driving anywhere yeah oh no yeah yeah. he will he'll take off across country like in 10 minutes yeah yeah and and go miles so and the funny part of that you say that jeff the weekend before he called me on a saturday morning and i'm rushing to call him back we were going to leave saturday afternoon (laughs) drive up there look at it and be back sunday night but anyway so we finally finally get there so we're getting there and uh but well let me back up again i asked some more questions i said tires all good no leaks no that oh yeah all good all good everything good ready to go okay so here we pull into new york and i see the tractor sitting to the side we walk into this barn 
And uh, he says, he's on the phone. So I said, I'm going to go look at it while you're waiting. So we walk up to it, and Dodie's with me. And Dodie's been around garages and stuff long enough. She knows what to look for, too. She walks. We walk up to the front. The passenger wheel, it's just covered in oil on the backside. And I'm going, are you freaking kidding me? Well, he's just lubricating it, making sure it's... Well, it's, uh, don't, and her, fluid. her first comment was, what the hell's all the oil all over that wheel? And I'm like, honey, maybe he just didn't get it clean. I was trying to get... <laughs> give the benefit of the... T- <laughs> that's, a, that's table 12. <laughs> table 12. Opening that wine. Opening wine. We, we've got to have wine drinking. Uh, but anyway, so he isn't out there yet. So we're, we're starting to walk around the, the tractor, and I'm, I'm looking at it by myself, and I'm going, oh, my God. I'm just... I mean, before I even get all the way around the tractor, I'm already upset. You know, we've got a leak there. There's drips underneath on the ground. There's oil hanging on it. I get around the back. There's pieces just dangling that should be fixed and wires not connected. And I get to the back wheels. And if you know anything about tractors, anybody's ever had tractor parts, kind of like a car. There's a hub and then the wheel bolts to the hub. All good. Everybody kind of gets that concept. Okay, well, the driver's side, you got a hub, the wheel bolted to the hub. You go over to the passenger side tire, the tire's on the inside and the hub's on the outside. And I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Spin and, out hubs. Yeah. So, <laughs> and on one side, that's the correct way, it's missing one of the lug studs. And this is a 100-horse tractor. You want all the studs holding it together. The passenger side that's backwards, it's missing one. Two are loose. And and I'm just like, oh, my goodness, are you are you kidding me? You know, and you wanted me to send a check. How many hour drive is that? It was eight, eight hours and forty minutes, just to see it. So we get there. He finally comes out, and uh, I start talking to him, and I'm like, "Hey, you know," or Dodie asks him. She goes, "What the heck's with the oil all over the wheel?" He goes, "Oh yeah, the seal's out. Seal's out. Needs a seal." I'm like, and I didn't say a word because I'm thinking, "I told you, I need everything fixed. I'll pay a little extra to make sure everything is fixed when I'm done because I just need to haul it home and use it." So we looked at it, and then he had to go help another customer that, that was buying another tractor from him. And he, I, I started it, moved it back and forth. But then the more I thought about it, my gut was just like, just drive and go home. And he came over and was talking to me, and, and I'm asking him, I'm going, hey, you know, what's this part here? Why is this not bro- – oh, I, I just put a piece of metal in there. It'll be good. I'm like, no, it's not good. It's not fixed. That's rigging it. I've got old broken stuff at home I'm using now. <laughs> That's why I wanted to buy this. I didn't want broken rig stuff. So needless to say, I went home, didn't buy a tractor. My other aggravating part of this, I was talking to the guy, and um, he had another one there, which I didn't understand this, and maybe somebody will, will enlighten us on it, but it's the same tractor, but it had these big sort of steel wheels that had rubber on them, but they were made steel. That's the tractor he's using now. He would sell me that it, it, one. It's because uh, keep going. And I, it's it's the Amish thing, and I'll explain it here in a minute. Well, I think that's a little hokey, but it is, anyway, but it is what it. Uh, but this guy, I mean, this gentleman is marketing on his lot right there was probably two hundred thousand dollars worth of tractors in four tractors. There was one there was over a hundred thousand. The other ones were in the thirties. Um, and then down to my, my low budget one at 18. But he had a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of tractors there. This is all tax-free money. 
And it's as a business, and I I got a little miffed at that part of it because then my brain starts just circling all the other stuff that, you know, I get that they're tax free, but I think there's just a little bit of the system there being uh, abused. So I got some questions for you. So you found this on what site? Uh, Tractorhouse.com. So there's a picture of it. No, it said call for details. Oh. So I called, but then his friend or some guy sent me some pictures of it. So I did have pictures before I went, and the pictures look good. I asked, and the tires look good, and I asked him about the tire. That's one thing. I asked him about the tires before I drove up there because, I mean, this size tractor, tires are about $8,000 for a set of tires. So if the tires are shot, 18000 is a $25,000 tractor now. Yeah. He's like, oh, no, they're good. They're all good. They, they, I could see more air through the tires than what was in the tire. I mean, it was that bad. Can you bad. say that Down again? To the air. Can I, you say that yeah. again? I could see more air. No, no, no. The part before that. Oh, they all good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> all good. All good. But it was, I mean, these tires looked like they had been setting flat for, I don't know, 10 years. And because the, when they're blown up, they had air in them. But the, spot, the part that was obviously flat for a long time was at about three o'clock and it was bulging there because it had been sat flats for so long it had just it had taken the shape of being flat and rubber just doesn't rebound that quickly when it's flat that long so i think your first problem was um what brand of tractor were you looking at it was the good brand it's the red brand it would have been an orange brand wouldn't have any trouble there wouldn't have been one running that was that much horsepower Do you know who had the first turbocharged diesel tractor? Uh, um, well, it must have been Alice Chalmers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for all the questions that that Alan throws at us that he knows we don't have the answer to. Yeah, that, was, Alan's that, Alan's that was the I was one like, you hey, knew. Man, I'm going to jump all over this one. <laughs> that was a softball lob right up there yeah, for man. you, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, but it was an adventure, but we got done, and, and Dodie was frustrated, and so was I. I was so happy I didn't send a check. Yeah, what would happen if you sent a check? Oh, you It was yeah. mine. I mean, I, I just showed up at my house, and I'd have been furious. I'd have been driving to New York that night, but I'd have been furious. I mean, it would have been I – don't, I don't know if I'd have had any – well, actually, I would have three days. By law, any major purchase, you've got three days to recoup your money as a so did the guy tell you was he amish mennonite did he say at all he didn't say but they had well and i'm assuming a lot of things they had colored clothes his little son had colored shirts on like yeah, a, I mean, I blue yeah well, I mean, no, so, no no brown it was like a brown and red so and i and my my understanding Mennonite sounds like yeah because I thought Amish was mostly black and white. Or the Amish don't have tractors, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. So I have Didn't Amish to, to yeah. So I have Amish that work for me. So I had a couple questions for the one guy, and I, I'm assuming they don't listen to podcasts, but I could be wrong. Uh, You'd be surprised. So he has a cell phone. It's a flip phone. So I said I thought you weren't. I, I mean I just he's working Wanna for know. me, so I thought I'd ask him. You know he owns a framing company. He's doing a framing. So he has a crane, he has a forklift, and he's got a flip phone. So I said, so I th- you're Amish, right? He goes, yeah. I can't do the accent like you can. So <laughs> everybody should have told me what to yeah. say, I'd be answering yeah. for you. Oh, y'all. He can yeah. translate it for you. He's from Indiana. He's in, uh, probably originally from Pennsylvania because most of them in this area are. Yeah, over from up there. Um, 
He's actually from Coldwater, Michigan, originally. But anyway, I said, well, you got a phone. He goes, we're allowed to have the flip phone. Not allowed to have smartphone. <laughs> I said, all right. So there is a cabinet-making place in Napanee, Indiana, that is Amish-owned. It's called Countrywood Cabinets, spelled with a K, K-U-N-T-R-Y. Uh, and I toured that plant, and I knew it was Amish-owned. And everything was computer, laser cut, whole nine yards, all automated plant. So I asked the guy, I said, you're Amish. How can you own all this? He goes, I don't own any of it. I lease it all. So there's always a workaround. <laughs> yeah, if somebody else owns it, yeah, they so, can use it. Yeah. Uh, the tractor deal, I saw it was on the news or some show. They were allowed to use tractors if they had steel wheels and they could put rubber around the steel wheels. Well, that's, so I think that's what you were seeing, maybe. Well, this was a solid steel wheel. It had steel cleats, but then it had rubber kind of in between yeah, the cleats. A, yeah. So it was a steel wheel with a little bit of rubber in there. And there was every Amish Mennonite, whatever was there, had tractors like this. Because yeah. as soon as we got close, I told Dodie, I said, oh, everybody here's got one of these. That's an Amish farm. That's an Amish just by the wheels. So I don't know what the significance of that is. And maybe if somebody out there, well, if you're Amish, you probably can't listen to a podcast. You but can't answer. <laughs> somebody out there probably knows and could help us out with this. Um, yeah, I was curious. I wanted to ask, but I was so mad at the time if i'd have made the deal i probably would have asked him a lot of questions but i needed to leave before i said something wrong said something wrong <laughs> yeah. and uh my <laughs> the well the saturday we were going to leave i said hey you know if i leave now i can be close to there and i'll be there sunday you know just to take a look at it oh no business on sunday i'm like well, i understand no business on sunday i said but for me it's hard for me to get away next week we're busy and well, it got to be next weekend, and you know, other people looking, and I'm like, well, I'd really like to come tomorrow. I don't need to do business. I'll send you a check Monday. Just let me look at it tomorrow. No, no business on Sunday. And I was thinking, for somebody who's taken off on Sunday to be so <laughs> honest and blessed to be such a non hey, truth teller, yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to be honest to be yeah, that way. That could be anyway. Yeah, it could be anybody. I mean, but yeah, so it isn't general. I mean, I've, I've like alan you know we've had we've got some amish people in the region and they do business and they are very good business people and they're very they're good, good people. people oh Absolutely. i mean good workers i mean it's very skilled trades i got but you know it's like any other humans you know you know in any he's in sales any sector whatever you know he was doing whatever he could to sell a tractor he but he ain't selling one to me yeah. I just hope whoever buys I that. Think, I think I think his Dwayne's biggest aggravation was he missed the whole man's breakfast. That's what it was. And the ghetto, that ghetto yeah, was yeah, excellent. Yeah, it was. It was excellent. And, I, and I missed music. You guys went to the music. That's I missed. Right. I missed. Yeah, we went to. I lost two things music. in one week. So I know we'll have listeners that uh, know the group Bad Habit. They kicked freaking butt the other night. Yeah. Now they were supposedly the opening act for the Journey tribute band. Which I should have flipped them around. Well, I'm a musician, well, so there. I'm allowed to say what I think, and I very seldom talk bad about other groups. But so there was uh, one singer who was imitating Steve Perry, who had a good set of yeah, pipes on it. He did. Uh, then there was a bass player, a guitar player, and a drummer uh, who looked like um, they wished they were with Journey. But what you heard was about a ten-piece band. That's because they were using backing tracks. They're up there playing Journey songs. There's keyboard, orchestra stuff going on. And there's only a guitar player and a bass player and a drummer. That's it for musicians. Okay. And I'm sure they're pulling high bucks as the headliner. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, hire real musicians to play with you. 
Yeah. I mean, to me, that was a, a disgrace, and bad the, habit. Just played their ass off for several hours. Right. 100% musicians, no tracks, nothing. And guys our age and older still playing their ass off. Right. And to then listen to a group that was playing with backing tracks. Well, and even and even at that, the instrumentation of the of that band was was horrible. And the bad part is, is, is Journey was really an instrumentation band first. Oh, that's what. Yeah. And, and, and still, and, until they got Steve Perry, and that vocal. But before that, they were all about instrumentation. It was the music. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and like I said, the guy that the guy that was singing lead, he could hit those notes. He could hit that that Steve Perry tone, but the the music just was god awful we didn't stay very long i mean well we stayed maybe six i was done after one song songs. you know yeah, I, I and i felt bad but I, I i just got done watching a, a group of uh, guys playing their butt off and then went to that i mean it was like karaoke as far as i concerned i had a good singer singing karaoke but you know i mean again i'm a i'm a friend with richard and right. bad habit and so i mean the biggest reason i was going down there was for bad habit anyway right but it would have been nice to hear a good i mean we all you know, know journey I, I music like journey. yeah, yeah that, it's I mean, good it music was, it was very it was good music time frame right and right. so i love journey and but yeah they weren't getting it i mean i'm i'm the kind of person I, if i if a band is playing i'd rather hear them make a mistake Right. But be playing the music or miss 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 uh, the the key be off key just a little bit on the on the lyrics, but they're playing. Right, you know they're they're trying and, and they catch it and they fix it. But yeah, to hear karaoke and <laughs> basically karaoke with a soundtrack, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we have the Cincinnati Cincinnati area is blessed with some very very good bands, both right. musically and vocally, and to have somebody that, quite honestly. Should have been the opening act for Bad Habit, as far as I was concerned. So yeah. that's my two cents on that. So Dwayne's had some bad dealings with buying stuff online. So anybody else had any online snafus? Well, so I'm going to say no because I'm so freaked out about <laughs> trying to do that. I mean, I've had I've had snafus not online, and so that makes me shy enough. Anyway never mind to be trying to deal with that stuff online so i just generally don't go down that road mike how about you not i i'm with jeff i'm scared to do it honestly come on yeah not online i haven't bought too many many things but i have bought a tractor that was formerly a amish tractor <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm from milroy and this tractor was in milroy right and i know about the amish they don't use tractors right uh, but uh, anyway i saw this tractor downtown milroy that was for sale sitting out by the road and uh i stopped and uh, there was a phone number i called it it wasn't an amish guy but he he told me he got it from an amish boy <laughs> but it was a uh, ford 9n a 1940 ford n sure Right. And uh, he started it up for me, and I drove it around. I drove it all over Milroy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, That's not too hard. I wanted to test it out. Yeah, it don't take too long. But anyway, I said, I, uh, it's about 20 miles to, to home, and I, I, can't, I really, I don't know if it has enough gas in it to make it that far. <laughs> but uh, That's a long ride on, yeah, nine on, a, nine, yeah, on a nine in. Uh, um, anyway, I bought it. And he said he would take it home for me. So he, we loaded it up on the tractor. It had a uh, bush hog on the back of it. 
and I, you know, I started it up before I put it, you know, it worked and everything. Anyway, we got to my house, uh, not too far from here. Anyway, we got it. Uh, I just tried to start it. <laughs> and it's sitting in my driveway. We have this real long driveway, and he, you know, it took him a little while to get back there. Anyway, we started it, and, or tried to start it, and it wouldn't start. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I bought, just bought this tractor, and I haven't told Bev about it, my wife. <laughs> and, and, you know, Surprise! It's sitting, on a, it's sitting on a trailer that we can't get it off because it has this bush hog, and it's, it's lowered. Right, lowered. So, so, I, so I can't, can't pull, pull it off, off of the truck or anything. I mean, I bet we tried for it. I know it was at least an hour. It tried and tried. We ran the battery down. I jump-started it with my truck or hooked it up to jumper cables. Anyway, it wouldn't start. wouldn't did start. Did you have the key in the wrong position? No. No. It, it, was, it was in the right position because uh, you could tell on the on the little amp meter. You, right. you know, if it went up a little bit, right. you could tell the key was on. Anyway, finally got it started and got it off. But I, I was worried about having to tell my wife that, you know, I bought this tractor. <laughs> Take you, you two know, hours here, to get it off the trailer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I bought this tractor. You know, I can't bring it home but <laughs> or can't get it off the trailer anyway. But uh, – it, it worked out. I, still I really, got the tractor? Yep, still got it. So my very first tractor I, that I ever bought was a Ford 9N. Yeah. So oh, was, cool. So was mine, but I got burn on it. So that's <laughs> goes, well, back to the, goes back to the previous conversation. Yeah, so I bought mine at uh, Zimmer. Well, it was B&L. B&L Tractor. B&L Tractor. B&L tractor. Bought it in you bought it here. new? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> Alan's not that old. It was a 1942 9N. So 42. 42. So I drove it here, my grandpa's farm. And then I had purchased property in Hamilton, Ohio, so I drove it all the way to Hamilton from here. God darn. I had I had my wow. wallet in my back pocket. I had a bruise on my ass for like a month. Wow. Well, the things only that's, go about 10 miles an hour. Yeah, that's oh. a they long do. Haul. We have just a little bit of garden is what I wanted it for to plow it up, and uh, I got a disc too. But so anyway. I, I'll just tell you that the Ford 9N and the 8Ns, uh, there are more tractor deaths with those two tractors than any other and yeah, but all, all three yep. of those because, yeah, people try to pull stumps and things with them, and their center of gravity is not in yep. the right place. I, they I've, flip right over. I've known that, and I hook a chain to the front. Yeah. Hook it to the front. The front uh, bumper or the whatever the grill. Through the grill. Uh, yeah, it's well, all playing up. I don't know. If, I don't know if yours does. I don't know if yours does, but most of those models didn't have live power either. So no. Oh yeah. No, the the other, the other thing was if you had a machine on the back and you're running. PTO, it, I mean, uh, running a, even a bush hog or something like that, it'd run you right through the fence, right, run yeah. you right into so the woods. Oh, yeah. so you can't shut it off. Right. That's what happened to me. So my grandpa had a bush hog Uh-oh. here. I put it on it. I go tripping down through the field, and I'm used to international analysis chalmers. I had live power. I get down in this field, pushed my foot on the clutch, and I just, boom, kept, right kept through right the right fence. <laughs> so that's when I learned about override PTOs. So you get a, an right. attachment to go with the PTO that overrides. Right. So, but, yeah, otherwise, it'll push you right through. The yep. power of that uh, burst yep, bush all turn is a bunch. I think the fatalities on that tractor was probably half of them were from the PTO and the other half were flipping. Yeah, I, I just know that – I mean, I knew a couple of people that flipped them. Um, it was yep, a good little tractor, careful. but yeah, you yeah. just you got to know what. You're well, doing. and they were super popular. I mean, I don't know if you're talking oh, about rates, but I mean, it was they're everywhere. Prob- was probably, the Model T uh, still are? Yeah, probably back in those years though. That was one of well, before it came to small tractors. That was one of the so the, the gentleman that came up with the three point hitch offered it to John Deere first, and John Deere said, "Nah, that's not Ferguson." Good. 
So Ferguson went Ford, and guess yeah, what? Ford Ferguson. Yep. I mean, that was the Model T of tractors in that time. It was low budget. Anybody could afford it. It was basic, simple, but yeah, just had a solid tractor for the most part. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's funny though. There wasn't. There's not much weight to those things. So no. I, I'd have a six foot disc on the back and my front end and be yeah. up off the ground. I'd have to put weights on the front grill to keep it out on the ground to steer while you were disking. So we got this little garden and uh, I plowed it up and I just kept plowing and plowing and disking and get your money's worth. Yeah, Ben was like, "What? What are you doing?" I was like, "Well, we just have a little tiny garden. I really, I really need like five acres, but I don't. <laughs> I want to play with my track. Exactly. I mean, it did take, but you know, fifteen minutes. I was done, so I just kept going over it and over and over. <laughs> Scotty, it's good to have you back in the bar, man. <laughs> All right, you I'm got, glad to be here. Yeah, you guys got anything else for this episode? No. I'm, I, I had a good so. stay. I, we made the best of it. We got a hotel room, found this little mom-and-pop steak restaurant, had steak dinner, and spent the night away. So we made the best good weekend out of out of bad. Well, there you go. It's all good. That's what it's about. That's right. So for Cross the Line 1524, I'm Alan Stanger with... Dwayne Bischoff. Jeff Montag. Mike Gardner. Scott... Scotty Bourbon. <laughs> To think about that for a minute. Wow. How much, how much have you been drinking? And you've even got a shirt with it on it now. And we got, and we got, the, birthday, table, and we we got, got the birthday girl over here with Table, table 12. 12. And we'll, right. we'll see y'all next time. Are you tired of hearing the same old songs over and over on the radio? Every single hour, the same tune? What's well, time for something different? Check out hometown radio usa the best independent music hits from yesterday hits from today podcasts and so much more hometown radio usa you can find it on the web at www.hometownradiousa.com or at the app store or on google play hometown radio usa reimagining radio and coming to you in your hometown Well, if you're looking to learn more about the bourbon country in probably the most unorthodox way you've ever heard it, you need to listen to Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. You can join the Bow Brothers, a couple of longtime goofy radio DJs from Kentucky, and learn more about what makes the heart of bourbon country so famous. You can listen to the Bow Brothers as they look to interview experts in the bourbon industry and other things that are truly unique to Central Kentucky, like wineries, craft breweries, caves, kayaking, you name it. It's Two Shots on a Barrel podcast with the Bow Brothers. You can find it on all of the major podcast platforms. Two Shots on a Barrel. You can learn more about Kentucky only the way the Bow Brothers can bring it on Two Shots on a Barrel podcast. You've been listening to Cross the Line 1524 with all the guys, whether we're at the Rusted Nail Speakeasy or out on the road. You know, we always have a great time. Hey, check out our webpage at www.com. CrossTheLine1524.com We're also on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Podcast1524 on Twitter and CrossTheLine15-24 
on Facebook. Out the door.